0: to the SideQuest podcast this is eric joined with me as always justin and jeff gentlemen how goes it
1: it's going uh it's going good i'm excited for you know thanksgiving it's coming up soon uh next week and just kind of being with you know it's going to be smaller this year but just you know your close family brothers and parents that's about it but Looking forward to that. Play some video games, some board games, have some drinks and have some good food. Nice. Justin, how are you doing this week?
2: Doing pretty well. Thank you for asking. I don't think that we ever ask you how you're doing personally um so i apologize for that but thank you for asking how i'm doing i really appreciate that i'm doing well in tgif and how are you eric
0: well i'm doing great because today it's my birthday oh boy yeah it's my birthday so no i'm doing great it's friday my birthday often doesn't fall on a friday uh so november 20th yeah born back in the day uh so i'm hoping to get some decent gifts from everybody that knows and loves me. So nope. flood me with gifts. Uh, nothing. But I really, I wish above nothing else that Cyberpunk 2077 was out because I would have loved <laughs> to take this weekend to just sit and play some video games. But we're actually taking off. We're heading down to Florida for a week for the week of Thanksgiving. So uh, on my laundry list when I get back, though, is definitely hitting up some video games because that's like my favorite thing to do uh, around nope. this time of year. So.
1: Speaking of video games, the other uh, I think last week we started talking about the new systems came out. Mm-hmm. So has anyone had any luck getting the new system? Because I can't find an Xbox for the life of me, uh, and it's getting annoying.
0: Uh, I've given up. Uh, for me, I'm just gonna honestly, I'll probably just have to wait till January. I know Justin, you mentioned that I think you might have a hookup.
2: We so we were able to get one a friend had an extra one somehow that got ordered. And he was like, do you guys want this? And I was like, sure. So we we just got it uh, this past weekend. And there's nothing new to play on it, really. So it's just playing, you know, still playing Marvel, but with better graphics. And it looks a lot faster Well, it loads, loads like a lot it. faster.
1: I think my older brother got it. And we've been playing Fallout 76. And I think the main thing is the graphics look way better, more like PC and he loads like almost instantly, mm-hmm. which is a huge plus when you're playing big games like that.
2: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to Cyber um, Cyberpunk coming out. And then obviously Halo one day will come out and then we'll all play that for a weekend and then that'll be the end of it.
1: That's now, Speaking a- of Cyberpunk, how Eric, because I know we know how Justin's going to play it on the new Xbox. But how are you going to play it? Because <laughs> personally, I'm playing that on the PC it's i think it's the only way to play a game like that
0: uh for me i just love consoles too much i whenever it's uh almost like a third person um or i think it is a first person third person i forget which it is or if it can interchange but
1: it's kind of both or something but
0: I i i just really enjoy playing those types of games on the console um graphics wise i think at this point it, it'll look great either way, but I would definitely prefer to play it on a console, my personal.
1: See, I just, games like that I can't, like, especially like Elder Scrolls, Fallout, where, and I believe this is going to be the same for Cyberpunk, you get so many, like, you know, um, healing potions or whatever, or, or abilities that you can only map so much to the controller. Or here on the keyboard and mouse, I can keybind to everything. I mean again I you know I talk about I play World of Warcraft. I keybind seventeen abilities between my keyboard and mouse. So I get to use everything. I remember playing Elder Scrolls on the console and you have to keep pausing it, go through, look for the ability. It like totally takes you out of the game where I can keep map everything to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight.
0: I think So how do you how do you deal with that? Well, I guess we'll have to see how many buttons and abilities and things we'll have to play with and work with. So, I, I mean, I, I'm guessing it won't be too many for the regular controllers to handle. But I think, I mean, I guess uh, me waiting for the console probably till January is going to help not only, A, the bugs to get worked out for the game. But It'll also be patched, yeah. Yeah, but also for Xbox to actually get back on shelves after the holiday season. (laughs) So I'm just going to wait a little while. I'm going to try to stay away from the internet or try to stay away from spoilers because I know everybody's going to jump in. And as soon as they figure out that new cool thing that nobody's seen before, they're going to post it everywhere, and then it's going to be everywhere. So I'll
1: do my best to avoid spoilers. So shut your mouth, okay? Speaking of gaming, I got a great uh, uh, side quest here. Okay, and I think, you know, I'd like to hear back from the audience, too, because my buddy and I were actually discussing this the other night Um, and it comes in the form of because we all play a lot of video games. I mean, some of us play more of the single player or, you know, harder games, not uh, just Rocket League or things like that, but (laughs) difficulty setting. Uh, So the side quest is what you know, what do you guys feel about difficulty settings uh, you know, you have some games like Bloodborne, which there is no difficult setting. It's just very hard and you have to spend a lot of time to learn it. But then there's a lot of games where, you know, these huge RPGs where it's going to take you 100 hours to beat and sometimes upping the difficulty just, you know, kind of ruins the experience. You get more frustrated where maybe lowering The difficulty just makes it more enjoyable. And we're adults, and we can do that if we want. Uh, What are you guys' thoughts on difficulty settings? Justin, I'll let you tackle this one first.
2: Ooh, it's very kind of you. Um, I like the game to be as difficult as possible, because when it's too easy, then that's when it becomes less fun for me. When you're just smashing and smashing, then you're just kind of like, okay, what's the point of this? I like there to be at least somewhat of a challenge. But at the same time, you take a game like Grand Theft Auto where you can get to a mission that's just so impossible to beat that you can put the controller down and be like, well, I'm done with this game now because I just physically can't beat this challenge. So I like what they did with the built-in pass or skip um, in GTA V where you can just be like, "Okay, I'm not doing this mission anymore. We're just going to skip it. Um, So I I think that there needs to be a little mixture of both.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I I think it's a, a nice feature to have um you know i think there's definitely pluses and minuses so one of those like halo three days uh back when you could go back through the game like i would play it on normal or whatever the standard was then you can go to like what hard heroic or legendary or something like that and it's i think it's a great challenge because if you go through the game and you beat it and it's a game that's very replayable and you want to play the main story a couple of times Uh, I think it's a great way to challenge yourself to see how you can do that and how well, how good you are, I guess, you know, right. And then I think there's other games that, you know, if it becomes too difficult, like Justin said, you're going to be turned off. You're just going to like walk away and be like, you know what, like, I I honestly, I can't beat this. I hate that I can't beat this. I know I'm not good enough. And it's too like even after 100 playthroughs, I'm still not getting it. Uh, And you just put it down and turn off and you're probably going to tell your friends like, yeah, that sucked. So. I think if the game does it right i really enjoy it um i think there's if there's one shout out to the call of duty series that i really enjoyed is that it would bring you through the first part of the game would always be a tutorial it was like hey let's go to the driving or shooting range and let's test your abilities and depending on how well you did and if you didn't get hit by any bad guys and you hit all your targets right away it would actually suggest you know what your level of difficulty should be and you could actually update it so i thought that was a cool feature that maybe more games could have is like during that first prologue depending on how well you do it it suggests uh, uh, something that's going to make it more enjoyable to you
1: yeah and the reason i thought of this is because um you know i was on reddit and i i played recently there was um when we first had the lockdown It's called persona 5 which is a huge, huge JRPG, which is Japanese RPG, and there's a lot of grinding in it and things like that. It's turn-based, kind of like how Final Fantasy used to be. And then also playing Final Fantasy the remake, Final Fantasy VII, where, you know, you I would get to this one boss, and it was just ridiculous on how the mechanic works, and it just was frustrating. I was playing on normal. And I go on Reddit to try to figure out, is there an easier way... And basically people said either lower the difficulty to easy or grind out another two hours of just annoying grinding. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I bumped it down to easy and got through the stupid boss. And I like the fact that it's there if you want it. It's a single player game. Who cares? And then you go on Reddit and people are like, just get good. They shouldn't have make it easy at all. And I think that's kind of stupid. Some people just aren't good at games or maybe... There's a boss that's just too hard. And like Justin said, if you can't get through it, you set it down and that's it. You're done with it. Yeah. I think if you paid for the game, you should be able to go through it the way you want, or kind of up, you know, kind of fluctuate the difficulty depending on you know, I don't want to go and sit for two hours and grind levels out so I can beat this one boss easier. That doesn't seem fun. Yeah. So I like the choice. I like how there's just a choice. Yeah, I feel like
0: if I recall correctly, or at least in my memory, the first game that I noticed to do that back in the day was Doom, where you could pick up Doom on the PC, and you know it would have all those crazy difficulties, and like the dude's face would, you know, on the easy it was like a smiley face, <laughs> and then as you move down it would go to like a skull and crossbones, like yeah you're totally fucking yourself
1: if you play it this way. Um, but it's cool that there's a choice for the people who like that and the people that don't like that. And yeah. I hate this kind of weird mentality lately of this get good there should only be one difficulty everything should be dark souls no because some people just don't like that yeah and i wish dark souls had like an easy mode for someone who wanted to go on and just uh see the story and the lore i would love it i just i don't want to spend hours learning a mechanic on a boss that just doesn't seem very fun to me
0: yeah i'm trying to think of what game and i know we did touch on this this was justin's question last time about like what game we put down because it was too difficult or that you didn't beat um you know i'm trying to think if there's any recent games that i put down just because i i just it it was just kicking my ass and i was not having a fun time like i think the only game that comes to mind for me is this is this uh motorbike game called trials where you basically try to get from point a to point b it's a side scroller and you got the controls to tilt your bike forward and backward and you get the gas and all that and you got to do these insane tricks and like hop your bike from one ledge to another and shit. And like, there's the easy, the medium, the hard, and then like the extreme and insane. And I swear that was one of those games that I had to put down because I was just getting my ass kicked so much. And honestly, I haven't picked it up probably since that point in time. Have you guys had any games like that where it's just way too difficult? Um, and, And I don't know, like recent ass kickings from video games.
1: I mean, for me, I think a lot of, like, racing games, which is why I don't play them, and the reason is because it timed. Things are timed, and I think timed missions are some of the worst things to ever put in a video game. I get it for a racing game, but when you get it into, like, this RPG, I think the last Spider-Man game had, you know, a couple things like that. You'd have this great, awesome Spider-Man game with cool combat, and then they're like, oh, here's a timed thing. Because everyone loves to be timed. And then those are the most frustrating, horrible things. And if a game has a timed section, that's normally where I kind of set it down or I find a way to exploit it or I might just not play the game. I think having any type of time thing in an RPG uh, is the dumbest, laziest game design thing I could, you could imagine. Uh so racing games have a lot of that where it's like, oh my god, your car gets hit, it flies off the road, you have to restart the whole thing over again. It's just not fun.
0: Justin, any recent ass kickings from video games, or has it been pretty smooth sailing?
2: It's been mostly smooth sailing, but I will say anytime that you got a, a video game that's very landed and grounded, and you know, you're running around, then all of a sudden they throw in a mission where you have to fly and you have like a space battle or something like that going on. It just changes the mechanics of what you're so used to playing. Like Battlefront has that where you're all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a flying mission. It's like I want to be on the ground, flight sabers. Yeah. So that's when I just like bow out of it. I'm just like I I, I hate flying missions. Like Grand Theft Auto is the same thing. You're running around, you're shooting people. Then all of a sudden it's like, go fly this helicopter in between these buoys in 12 seconds or game over. It's like, and it's
1: not a flying game, so it's not the game wasn't built around that mechanic, so it exactly. doesn't really work well.
2: Hate it.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think. I I always thought those big battle games were going to be like a really fun, cool idea. And I feel like no single game has kind of checked all the boxes for me. Like the the Call of Duties, the Battlefronts, um, uh, Halo, back when it was like big team battle. Like, I don't know what game out there. Maybe there's one for you guys where it's like a big, huge, let's 32 on 32 or 60 on 60. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. World of Warcraft does it really, really well. Uh, they call it ep- Epic Battlegrounds, where it's the Horde versus Alliance in Wintergrasp, and it's literally 40 on 40. And some people go do take the towers over there. Some people um, are just engaging in the big battle in the middle. Um, I think MMOs do a good job of that. ESO, Elder Scrolls Online, has a really good open world. It's called Tamriel. It's just a constant uh, battle going on. And Guild Wars 2 also has a really good open-world 40-40 uh, battle stuff. So I think those more MMOs do a really good job, but, like, yeah, Eric, the um, battlefronts and stuff like that, I don't think do a very good job of it.
0: Yeah, I, missed, I, I thought the big team battle was cool back in, like, the Halo 3 day or the Halo Reach days. We played a lot of Halo Reach uh, back in the day, and that was actually kind of fun, but... I just felt like there's too many people, and too many people just come and go. Like, I hate the people that just quit mid-game, or you join a team, you join a match, and it's like you're down 60 points already, and you're like, well, this isn't fun.
1: Yeah, um, I think when it's like the shooters, I don't think it transitions well, or uh, more of an RPG-type style, like Warcraft or Guild Wars does, I think, just does it better. But it's just, a, it's a totally different ballgame than opposed to, uh, like, a shooter. Yeah. Hmm, Interesting.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about, because I know we haven't really talked too deeply about this topic in the past, we have mostly been talking about movies or video games, things like that. We briefly touched on TV. But I wanted to start a side quest here just asking the question, hands down, there's only one. So just the first thing that comes to mind. What is your favorite television show of all time? Justin?
2: Hands down, top of my head, Mad Men.
0: Okay, what wow. what makes it so great in your mind?
2: I love the time period. I'm very fascinated by late '50s, '60s, early '70s. Everything that was going on, you know, so sociologically, economically, it's very cool. I like the setting. You know, they're in New York. They're at this ad agency. The music is phenomenal. The acting is top notch, and it's just very real and gritty. And it's very like uh, You can watch it as a surface level show, or you can watch it and really go in depth to the character portrayals and the drama and the turmoil that they're going through. And there's a there's whole layers to like you could break down Don Draper, and you can say he's an alcoholic, okay, he's a workaholic, okay, but why why is he these things? And then you break it down and you say, okay, well he's got depression, okay, where's his depression stem from? Okay, it comes from his his childhood what happened with his child you know and so you go deeper and deeper and deeper and it progresses into like just just this great character study of uh, portrayal of the 1960s it's i love it
0: excellent i think i've only watched a couple seasons i have not properly given it its time so i definitely need to go back and watch that one uh especially it's a lot easier nowadays with everything going on especially going into winter because uh, there's nothing else to do over in the chicagoland area so <laughs> i will add it to my one of my uh short lists here jeff where are you at what's your just hands down favorite show of all time
1: <laughs> i mean i'm gonna go a wildly different direction than uh than justin do just out of pure entertainment but you know i for me my favorite show is just you know dragon ball I know it's stupid, it's an anime, it's it's not in-depth like Mad Men or Breaking Bad, which are all amazing shows, but there's something about this stupid show with this silly character that you watch him get beat up and slowly get stronger, and then when he finally defeats Frieza or Cell or anything, it's like this this thing happens in me and i just get so happy and it's just it's so incredible and i'm like this is so dumb but it makes me so happy uh and just the epic fighting and battles and art style it's just it's just incredible it just makes me feel very happy and just very good and i know it's not like oh the it's in depth and it's dealing with social issues no it's just a fighting show with these guys who are you know can blow up planets and stuff but Man, is it satisfying. Yeah, I just, I love it. Every time I watch it, I just love it. I just, it's so much fun.
0: Well, there you go. And I don't know how you read my mind, because you mentioned mine, uh, but mine is Breaking Bad. It's just a show that I did not catch the very first season. I heard about it, and I was intrigued. And so the second season, I picked it up right out of the gate, and I watched episode week by week until its grand finale. And I think it was the characters, the writing um the the subject matter and how over the top like ridiculous it was and kind of that cat and mouse game uh so I won't give out any spoilers if anybody hasn't seen it but honestly it's it's one of the best shows I've ever seen where I was just so um uh, I cared about the characters I was worried about what was going to happen to them like having a chemistry teacher Um, who basically gets cancer and is trying to find a way to provide for his family. And so he starts cooking crystal meth with his dropout high school student, Jesse, uh, Mr. Wait. Uh, And so I think it's just one of those shows that I latched onto at like the perfect time. And there was no show that beat it ever since then. Um, and, And that's definitely my number one top of all time. I don't know what can beat it. I'm trying to think of how it can be beat, but nothing so far yet and I'm thinking on the flip side since we talked about our favorite like whether you watched it and finished the whole series or whether you stopped midway through I want to talk about the other side of the coin like what was the worst TV show that you've experienced or seen or turned off maybe halfway through
2: <laughs> That's a good I've, question. <laughs> I've done
1: a lot of those and I can't even, I mean it's hard to really well, let's, let's say this. I mean,
0: and I'm going to just pose this out there. I know it's not my worst, but a, a show that really crapped the bed, and I know we don't want to touch it because we could probably talk for hours on it, but Game of Thrones crapped the bed. I'm not going to call it the worst TV series of all time because it was a lot of But we all continued watching it just yeah. because I think we invested in it. And it's not the worst of all time, but it, it definitely was just a show that crapped the bed and didn't give it its, its due process. So I think from a level of started on a really high note and ended on, like, the worst note you ever could. I would put um, Game of Thrones up there. And I feel like they did a disservice to Dexter as well. I, I did not like the way that
1: show ended. Uh, but again, we watched it through and through.
0: Yeah, but I would what still... What show
1: did you start that you actually just stopped?
0: Um, Gosh, I, can't, I feel like I'm not going to even be able to answer my own question. I'm thinking really back through what did i watch recently that was just so bad or just wasn't good at all um i i wasn't a big fan of some of those marvel shows that came out like the punisher didn't do it for me i think i turned that off halfway through maybe season 2 um daredevil i couldn't really get into
1: maybe i compared it too oh, much oh daredevil season 1 though was incredible it was it was alright especially right. with fisk his uh you know uh kingpin had such a great arc
0: yeah I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to label, it, and that's why, maybe why I asked the question, just because it's a difficult question to answer. Justin, do you have any that come to mind? Any just bad shows, or maybe notoriously bad shows that maybe you've touched, uh, seen?
2: Um, yeah. The problem is they're so bad that I don't even remember what the hell they were. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a good point. And
2: there was a lot of the Netflix shows like I've tried to watch, and like I'll make it through like an episode and be like, okay, well this was garbage. I think I watched like. An episode or two of thirteen reasons why and I was just like, How about a hundred reasons why not? <laughs> yeah. Um it just didn't really catch my attention. Um Agents of Shield, I made it through a few episodes and I was like, This is this it is gets no way good. better
1: and turns very kind of buffy ish.
2: Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I I could I'll, I'll come up with some stuff and we'll we'll put out some archives on the uh okay proof that uh there was sucky shows i know there was one that i tried really hard to like and it was just it was like a horror show and i think it was uh produced by eli roth even i just don't even remember what it was called it was just so bad
1: <laughs> yeah it's hard with shows that you don't like because you don't like them so you kind of forget about them i think there's two recent ones that i remember that and it's not where the show's bad in the beginning but it just gets bad so for for me, there was one called Arrow. You guys probably heard of it. Yep. It was before the whole WB went this weird. I don't know what they're doing with the DC stuff, but it was more kind of kind of grungy. Um, There's this guy who turns into a Vigilante, Green Arrow, whatever. And the first three seasons were really good. Then I don't know what happened, and it just turned very campy and woke, and like just got terrible. Uh, And I stopped watching that. And the other one, for anyone who's big into anime, uh, it's a show, it's very popular, called Attack on Titan. You guys probably even heard of that. And again, after the first two seasons, I don't know what happened. It just got boring. Nothing was happening, and I just stopped. Yeah, It's like some of these shows are really good the first two seasons, and then they just get boring, and they don't know what to do with them, and then it's not fun to watch anymore.
0: Yeah, one show I watched or tried to watch recently that comes to mind now that I think about it is the uh, John Krasinski-Jack Reacher series on Hulu. I think I watched maybe two or three episodes, and I just, I feel like, I know some shows, they say, you gotta watch, like, after you make it through the first season, like, you'll, you'll be hooked, or after you watch a few episodes, you'll be hooked, but... There was something about him being like an action star that just I couldn't quite um, grasp onto yet. I know he's been in a couple of serious movies. Like, I loved, uh, gosh, what was it called? The silent movie um, uh, that him and his wife were in. I don't know why.
2: Quiet place. Yeah.
0: Quiet place. But like, you know, it's just like a show like that where, you know, I think if people talk it up a lot, it's hard not to put it up on that pedestal. And then when you start watching, you're like, really? Like, that's
1: what was so great. Like, it's cool. It's okay. But it's not great. I think some shows also it's, it's the writers or the lack of direction. I think that's what happened with game of Thrones. I mean, the first, what four seasons followed the books. So it's following J.R.R. Martin. It's amazing. It's incredible then he's not done with the books and these two idiots um i don't know what they they're clearly not creative writers they're very good at adapting uh text and making it into a show but man when it came to writing they were awful and i think that's what happened with it but we were so invested and we loved it so much i think people kept watching that maybe it'll get better and it just got worse and it was because of You know the D and D guys; those, you know, really (laughs) can't creative write. They and it showed. Yeah, they dug. But everyone praised them for the first seasons for adapting J.R.R. Martin stuff very well. And I think they're good at adapting, but not storytelling. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's the big thing, um, Jeff. And I agree with you. It's like you can; they can be fine writers, but that doesn't mean they're good at telling a story. And when you have a story already pushed out, like you're saying, that it's easy to to just retell it. But when you're trying to build your own world and create your own boundaries of existence in this like fantastic narrative, they just yeah they they shit the bed with a corn cob pipe.
1: <laughs> uh, they really shit the bed. They definitely do. <laughs> it was probably the one of the worst falls I think I've ever seen in television. Yeah, that'll that'll definitely go down in
0: history, and I don't think anything can beat the uh just the the shitting of the bed which was and what's really
1: annoying is their interviews afterward where they just don't seem to care and they make fun of the fans and they say we just didn't really care at the end and that's what makes you even more frustrated these two assholes like don't give a shit and just shit on the fandom which the reason they made money and were successful was because of the fandom and their fans and in the end they just said fuck you Tell them, tell them how you really feel
0: <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna uh, switch things around and uh, end the show here we've got one spin of the wheel on our side quest we do have some fi- uh, fan side questions left on the wheel so please continue to send those in and here we go we're gonna spin 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 and okay I'm glad it landed on this one this is like a perfect topic for what we've been talking about um and this is from one of our top fans jesse shout out to jesse he's been just feeding us with questions making our lives really easy uh this question is favorite office character and why the hmm. and michael michael scott version american version i guess i i don't think i have to point that out but favorite office character and why uh, justin let's start with you
2: i'm a big fan ah uh, this is such a tough question because like it as i'm very tough as I'm about to answer it, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about, so I'm going to get, I'm going to throw two names out there because I can, but overall, my favorite character is Creed. I think every time that he is in a scene, he, real, he really steals the show and he's very underrated and doesn't get much screen time, but really when he does, it's it's hilarious. And the other character that I'll say that I think they did a disservice to as well is Ryan. Because they built him up as this character, and he had this really interesting character arc going on, and then they just sort of gave up on him. And I know he was a writer and a producer of the show, so he was taking a step in different directions, that's what he was working on. But when he became just a hipster photographer, like, it was just kind of boring and just irritating, and then just like, oh, like, can we get back to like a character arc for you? Because they really did a good job of establishing who he was and where he was going, and then that was the end of him.
0: Okay. All right, Jeff, where are we at? Who's your favorite?
1: Yeah, so for me, it's, you know, I think um, I would have to say it's kind of two, but the second one doesn't come in until a little later. My first is just Dwight. I just, I love Dwight. <laughs> just everything about his character was amazing, and he got better as the seasons went on, which leads into the second one, which kind of, I think they worked together, Was is just Jim. Because... The way Dwight and Jim's friendship just kind of took off uh, later in the seasons. And then when Michael left, I think it was really Dwight and Jim that held the show together uh, because they were the best part of the show after Michael. Uh, so it would it's Dwight through the whole series and then it's Jim towards the later seasons with Dwight. Okay.
0: And I'm going to, I'm going to stick to the same pattern here of like my, I I can't pick one. I got to pick two, but I'll start off with Toby. The reason being (laughs) is because he is the butt of so many, like the guy can never catch a break. And is he like the head writer too? Yeah. He's, well, he's definitely one of the writers, uh, I believe. And I, I, if it weren't for his, uh, like his acting ability, it wouldn't be as funny. Like, I don't think anybody else could have filled Toby's shoes, just how slow and, I don't know, Michael, you just, uh, okay, no one cares, Toby, just go go away. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, later in the series, I would pick Andy. Uh, I loved Ed Helms. I, I I thought, you know, at first I he did a really good job for you wanting to hate him because he was just kind of this douchey guy coming in. To the building and trying to be a Mr. Hotshot, but I just loved Andy's character arc, and you fall in love with him. And I feel like just he turns things around, and his he's got so many great one-liners and great scenes with the rest of the cast. And Ed Helms just did such a great job. So Toby, throughout the series, Andy when he joined, I couldn't get enough of Andy. So those are my two. The uh, fun little
1: uh, tidbit, which I don't think a lot of people know, um, who was Dwight's brother in the show? The what was his name? Oh, God. He was always uh, telling him to do stuff on the farm.
2: You're talking about his cousin, Mose.
1: Yeah, Moe's. So Moe's... Uh, didn't he adapt The Office? And then he went and wrote... And he started The Good Place. Oh. Well, I don't know. You tell no us. <laughs> one, no one knew that. Um, yeah, he's the one who adopted it from the UK version of Ricky Gervais. And then he went after The Office. He went and did The Good Place, which... If any of you haven't seen The Good Place, please go watch it. Ted Danson is just so great in it. Um, but, yeah, he he did the he created The Office, the American version, and then he went and created The Good Place. Very nice. Well, that was an
0: awesome side question. Thanks so much, Jesse, for filling us with a fun one. Um, and I think the only way to end this is for all three of us to sing the um, intro song to The Office at the same time. <laughs> And just make a huge mess of it. So, <laughs>